Welcome to Astrology and Stuff, where we try to talk about serious subjects without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm your host and sacred clown, Sam Preeti. Thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome to episode seven. Uh, We are back on the astrology of the signs, our journey through the signs of the zodiac, uh, template. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed that transit talk treat of last week. Um, if anybody deserves a week, uh, of her own spotlight, it's going to be that girl Saturn. (laughs) Um, I hope y'all have had a wonderful week and, uh, let's dive in to the next two signs. Um, we are going to talk about the signs of Libra and Scorpio. Okay, so we're moving further along through the wheel of, uh, of the Zodiac. And as we talked about last time in Virgo, I talked a lot about the structure, like the mechanical structure of the of the zodiacal wheel in that Virgo finished out, finishes out rather, uh, the bottom half of the zodiacal wheel, the first six, the first half of the zodiacal signs, okay? And it has a very specific function as the sixth sign of the zodiac. Um, and in that it specifically, it ends the subjective experience of the evolving soul, of the evolving human, okay? Uh, Subjective meaning, subjective experience, internal experience. It's just me and me, okay? So that would naturally, we can naturally conclude that the next sign, Libra, is going to begin the final half of the zodiac. It ushers us into the upper half of the zodiac, our objective experience, our objective evolution, um, externally based evolution, that which happens outside of us, that which we get to observe and interact with externally. And honestly, Thinking about just having the structure. When I was introduced to evolutionary astrology, um, I wasn't a psych major. Um, I, I obviously took some psychology classes, courses, um, uh, you know, preparing to be a nurse. Um, but it wasn't, uh, it, it was just something, it, it wasn't something that I personally wanted to focus on. Uh, my mom was a psych nurse for a while. But it wasn't something, I knew that I just wanted to be in the ER. I knew that, I, I knew where I wanted to go. And yeah, we deal, we dealt with a, um, we had the opportunity to care for, not dealt with, we had the opportunity to care for plenty of um, folks whose emergencies were psychological and mental, uh, health related, obviously. Um, and I honestly, because of that, I wish that I had paid closer attention to um, the psych section of my uh, of my education because I needed that it once I came to astrology it really helped to have that vocabulary of oh there's something called internal 
you know, experience and external experience. There's this internal evolution and then there's the external evolution. And it informs um, this structure, this very basic structure. It informs also my experience of my own energy, okay? Very basically, fundamentally speaking, in that everything, here we go back to, um, you know, hermeticism, everything that happens out that I get to observe, that happens outside of me, that comes to me, that I get to interact with, has been inside. It's a result of my internal experience, okay? So think of a Taurus, um, not a Ford Taurus, but a a Tauric shape, T-O-R-U-S. And if you don't know what a Taurus or a Tauric shape is, go Google it real quick. Pause and then go Google it and then come back. So a Taurus is like a... It's the, if you would picture the space around that occupies in and around a donut, okay? So if you think of the space of the donut, it looks like a tube, you know, a tube of space inside the hole of the donut. And then as that tube comes up over the top of the donut, it spreads out, up and over the donut, and then it cascades down the side of the donut where it comes to the underside of the donut. And then it gets sucked back up into the hole. Okay, so that's the that's a toric shape. That is the shape of a torus. So instead of a donut, or keep the donut, always keep the donut. But in addition to the donut, picturing the donut, picture a person standing in the center of the hole of the donut. Okay. So this person is going to be at the center of this column, this initial column of energy or space. And where their head is, is where the energy begins to come up and out and spread out. And then where their feet are is the the bottom part of that, the hole of the donut, where the energy starts to come back up and in. Okay, that is a um, a very crude but <laughs> accurate <laughs> uh, description, illustration of how the electromagnetic energy works in and around our bodies, i.e. our auras and different parts of our auras. Uh, auras are comp- complicated. Um, it comes up and out of our head. It cascades out around us, it comes back down, and it gets sucked up through, you know, the bottom energy vortexes, i.e. chakras, um, of our, our lower body. And it gets to be, and so it's this very internal experience and then external experience. It's a great illustration of how things get started inside of us and then they get projected out of us. And it, they come back to us in order to be kind of redigested, okay? And um, if you Google like electromagnetic, um, uh, electromagnetic uh, uh, wa- um, field of the Earth, it's it's the same thing. It's also a Taurus, okay? Um, those the the pole of the North, you know, the North Pole and the South Pole projecting energy 
you know, up and outward, and then things kind of meet in the middle at the e- equator, and then it get draws, you know, gets drawn back up in through the magnetism of the South Pole. Um, this is a, a a really cool visualization of or visible example of as within, so without; as above, so below. Um, everything that we experience subjectively. Hello, the first six signs of the um, of the zodiac, the bottom half of the zodiacal wheel. That is all subjective internal stuff, stuff that had has to happen first internally. And then when we jump up into the top half of the, the zodiac wheel, when we jump into the second half of the zodiacal sign, you know, continuum, we get up out into the into the world. It becomes the internal has become external. And so it would make sense that the very first place that we encounter this uh, shift in paradigm is inside the context of relationship itself. And that is the sign of Libra. So we come out of Virgo having filtered through all of the previous five signs, Aries to to Leo, and then Virgo herself does have her own development. But it's almost like Virgo and Libra are very special signs in that they're not, they're not, um, pardon my clunkiness, my verbal clunkiness. They're not kind of all in themselves, like, like a you know Taurus would be or Cancer would be or Sagittarius would be you know self self consumed, um, and also self limited, because both and we could argue that Pisces and Aries also have also share this this kind of hyper uh, or meta function would be a better way of putting it like this meta fun like their own internal functionality but also this meta function of of what they do specifically for the overall mechanism of zodiacal and archetypal evolution and virgo finishes virgo filters through the the first half uh, digests and metabolizes what needs to be what it's chosen to hold on to um, let's go of eliminates what it has chosen to let go of in order to continue the journey. And then Libra like picks up right where Virgo leaves off. Like Libra receives, Libra is a cardinal air sign. Um, Libra, uh, hearkens the, um, the beginning of autumn up here in the Northern hemisphere and begins fall, begins autumn and begins the soul's, the human's journey um, through the rest of the story, okay? It's almost like we come to Virgo and it's like, wow, that was fun. And and <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, there's more. There's there You get to do that all over again, but through reflection, through a reflective experience. You get to do Aries through Virgo all over again, but instead of it just being inside of yourself, you get to do it with other people. 
and the soul at this point is like, what the fuck is other people? You know, what do you mean? I It's just me. It's just, this is all I, I'm a self-contained apparatus, aren't I? Nope, 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 nope. And go back and listen to the Leo Virgo episode. We kind of talked about that as like Leo being the first little um, uh, f- <laughs> foreshadowing. Sorry, I'm laughing at an inside joke. Um, a foreshadowing of, of, well, all of this self-expression, yes, but... I kind of get like, who's it for? Is it just for me? And yes, in Leo, it's just for me. But but because it's almost through the act of of embodying our expression, our mechanism of expression, it's almost like this by default, you have to have the other end of things. It's like you're you're walking around with a like, you, you know, those old fashioned um uh, phone um, toys where it would j- basically it would just be two cans and a string. Um, you're walking around with one can up to your ear in Leo and you see the string and you're like, I wonder where that other, I wonder where that string goes. I wonder why I'm doing this. I've, I have to do it. I am impelled to do it. I know that my development depends, my continued development absolutely depends on me expressing myself, but why? And, and so it's like this precursor to, oh, you're you're going to be out in the world. You are one part of this whole ecosystem. Get ready. Buckle up. And so Libra, Libra's job teaches us about that in addition to just being Libra, right? Um, and so Libra is the seventh house and Libra is the seventh sign. And, or excuse me, Libra rules the seventh house and as the seventh sign, Libra rules the seventh house. Libra is ruled by the planet Venus. So we've already encountered Venus once in the sign of Taurus. And Venus gets to, uh, Venus, a, a lot with, especially in traditional and ancient astrology, many planets got two turns around, you know, around the circle, right? Venus rules Taurus and uh, Libra now, um, uh, Jupiter ruled, uh, excuse me, um, da, da, da. yeah, Jupiter ruled Sagittarius and Pisces uh, in traditional astrology, not in modern astrology. Saturn ruled both Capricorn and Aquarius in traditional astrology, etc. cetera. Uh, but let me think. Oh, yeah. And so Venus and Mars uh, they have the distinction of Mars in traditional astrology ruled uh, Aries and Scorpio, and Venus in traditional, but also in modern uh, modern astrology rules Taurus and uh, uh, Libra. And so we've got these two very personal planets ruling a sign inside of the uh, subjective evolutionary, the bottom half of the chart and also the objective, the top half of the chart. And I just find, this is just a little aside, I find it's really interesting that our our expressions, our planetary expressions of binary uh, energies, i.e. masculine and feminine, they're the only ones that get to do that. 
they get to be both internal and external and uh, at least in the traditional astrology and I still I still feel it's very intuitive from from to me as an astrologer and as a person who experiences astrology for Mars to be involved in in Scorpio like I I feel that just like I feel Jupiter being the traditional ruler of um, of Pisces, I feel it's more intuitive for me for Neptune. Like I get the the Jupiter ruling Pisces and I see, I feel much more intuitively the evolution of moving into Neptune. You know, once Neptune came into our, um, our, exper- our conscious experience, right? Mars, so Pluto is the, um, the modern ruler of Scorpio, but but especially in evolutionary astrology, um, they talk a lot about the relationship between Mars and Pluto within that Scorpionic experience. And so I, I almost feel, I almost feel a co-rulership of Mars and Pluto over the sign of Scorpio. But Venus, there's no drama. There's no question. Venus has always been, will always be ruler of Taurus, sole ruler of Libra. Okay. Um, and there's, I love this, this trend, I love this do du- not duality, but just kind of this evolution that we get to experience with Venus. Uh, Venus is ruler of Taurus is it's it's an earth sign and it's a venus brings us into our bodies bring venus brings us into our senses go back and listen to that aries taurus episode i talk a lot about that venus brings us and in doing so venus brings us into our value system when we are in our bodies we are able to identify what we value okay what is beautiful to me in sight in sound in, in texture, in taste, in scent. Very, I'm just speaking very basically and somatically. The, we begin the identification of our value system in Taurus and we, ex, we get to expand upon it with our experience and evolution through Libra. Venus turns into from earth sign to air sign. Uh, in Libra, and we move from um, earthy somatic self, sweat, blood, uh, you know, tears, spit, uh, sexual fluids, all of that in Taurus, into the structure and concept realm of air in Libra. And it's like, oh, we can take this somatic earth self and develop it into a mechanistic structure that allows for a reflected experience of my value system. It's this, it's like um, Venus put all her gold into a really, a really good bank and with a fantastic interest rate for savings. And it's like, Venus is like, not only do I have all this gold, I'm going to put it into a structure that allows for it to grow. 
and allows for it to be amplified and come back to me so that I can enjoy it and experience it in in more and more and more ways, okay? That is relationship. In the structure, in the context of relationship, we get to first, uh, for the first time, experience what we have initially created and experienced on the inside, experience it outside of us, being reflected back to us, okay? Oftentimes, especially earlier in my my uh, teaching and, and natal chart interpreting career, I would describe Venus, it's like in the Aries and, because Aries and Venus polarity partners, um, Aries commands the bottom half of the chart, the first six signs, as specifically individual, you know, subjective. It's just me in this room. You're sitting in a room by yourself, really busy, totally busy, all the way through Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, and Virgo, very busy. And then suddenly in Libra, somebody else walks into the room and sits down. And like you've never seen another person before. And suddenly it's like, what the fuck do I do with this? And look how much more there is to do. Oh my gosh, this changes everything. This absolutely changes everything. I love this. Um, And you get to suddenly somebody else is interacting with all of your shit that you have been doing all the all the stuff that you have been busy with through through the past six signs somebody else is interacting with that and we get to play right we get to play and then there's but there's also this primary question this primary tension of what is me and what is them for the first time ever we get a binary of me and them, me and them, of me and the other, okay? And it's a necessary binary, you know, like othering and binary and, and all of that has been, um, it's, it's, it's being um, examined in our culture right now from a place of, uh, you know, a, a toxicity and trauma, right? Of of binary going to the extreme. If it's it's only this or that, okay? Uh, dual dualistic thinking. It can only be this or that. There is no room for in between or other. And anything that is other is automatically dangerous, right? That's that's kind of the drumbeat in our system that that we are examining at a, a very heightened. Uh, intensity right now. Um, So when I use the words binary, uh, when I use the words other, I am not speaking to that. I am speaking in physics terms of um, like, if you think of like binary stars, um, they are a a pair of stars that share gravitational force and they live together. And so think of um, think of the polarity partnerships, too. Of, of the signs themselves, Aries and Libra, Taurus and Scorpio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not this or that. 
It is quite literally this and that, but also the third thing that this and that creates. And so in Libra, we come into this concept and we are obsessed with the concept of relationship and of relating because it's suddenly a new thing. It's a thing now. And we, what we don't know in Libra is um, that it, it's, it will continue to be the thing for the next, for the entire foreseeable future, indeed, till the end of this evolutionary cycle. Um, we get to play in this concept sandbox of, of relationship. And so Venus ruling this is, I think I explained that pretty good earlier, of, of taking our value, our inter, the, the value system that we developed internally and projecting it into the world, i.e. via relationship, so that whatever we have internally valued automatically comes back to us so that we can relate to it from an exterior view. That is hard to take in many, many ways because this, because Libra, um, a, the journey of Libra evolving and maturing and coming into a greater, uh, a purer and purer, purer experience of itself, a greater authenticity of itself means that we got to come home to the fact that if we are unhappy, whatever unhappiness we are experiencing in a relationship with something or somebody, that is a reflection of what's inside us. Also, whatever happiness, whatever joy and pleasure we are experiencing with something or somebody outside of us, whomever we are in relationship, with whom we are in relationship, that too is a result of something that we have already been in internalized relationship with, okay? Um, and so Vena, uh, excuse me, uh, Libra transits, Libra placements, um, seventh house, whatever's in our seventh house, um, to an extent, you know, our really our Venus's relationships with with other uh, planets and placements, etc. It's going to these are all factors that impact our experience and comfort level of relationship itself, and and how we relate, how the mechanism of relationship shows up in our life. Okay, so I'm going to speak from I here, uh, and I'm going to illustrate via my own Libra-laden chart. I have a shit ton of this type of thing going on. Um, so the sign of Libra uh, holds in my chart uh, Mars, Saturn, pa the, the asteroid palace, and Pluto. So I have three... Probably, we could say, subjectively, the three hardest planets. Um, Kelsey, uh, a brilliant astrologer and human design uh, specialist. I had the pleasure of getting a reading from her 
um, at the beginning of 2022, I believe, at January of 2022. And I, um, <laughs> and she was like, all of your malefics are in Libra in your fourth and Pluto's barely in my fifth house, just kind of transiting all around my IC down there at the bottom of my chart. And and like she was like, you've been through some hard shit, specifically around childhood, specifically around roots and ancestry and and, you know, where you feel at home and where you are able to feel at home and roots are important and all these kind of fourth house Cancerian experiences. And yeah, she was she was dead right. I um, I get most of the heavy lifting, we can call it most of the heavy lifting in my experience happens through the sign of Libra, i.e. via my relationships. My relationships, um, if I can make them hard, I don't have to make them hard. Like, but, but I, there's a mechanism within me, specifically because I have my Mars and my Saturn in Libra in my fourth house, um, nothing's getting by me in my relationships. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's going to get by me. I'm going to have the ability to take things way, way, way too personally in order to, okay, so that's that's a judgment, right? I'm taking things way too personally. Why do I have to be so goddamn sensitive, specifically in my interrelating interpersonal uh, experiences? Why do I have to be so goddamn sensitive? Why do I have to feel everything? Why does everything feel so big? Okay, that's a judgment. That's that's what my human feels in that, in that experience. To my soul self, to my higher self, to the part of me that, you know, incarnated in order to feel because they can't feel, because they're limitless, because they're not bumping up against anything, because they're everything... It's like, oh, look at all this, look at all this experience we're getting. Look at all of this experience we're getting through this. Uh, it's like if you see, um, if, you, if you have a map in front of you and X marks the spot of where the treasure is or where the greatest amount of resources are, you have a couple of Xs and those are um, concentrations boons, uh, windfalls of resources and experience and yumminess, you're going to go to that place as well. Libra, fourth house for me, is that is X marks the spot. And that's what the soul self experiences. The soul, people with a lot of Libra placements are obsessed with interrelating because that's where the evolution lies. That's where the treasure lies. That's where the juice lies. That's where the experience for the soul lies. Okay. So we're, the soul is going to double down on, oh, yeah, let's make this really, let's, let's make this really intense because this is where the treasure is. And so to my human, a negative experience or a negative feeling experience I could label it as is there's nothing that I don't feel in relationships. There's nothing that I can't make into a bigger story, okay? Spouse uh, doesn't, you know, I asked the spouse to, you know, hey, can you, the dishwasher needs to be emptied before we leave for work. 
um, spouse forgets to do it and or doesn't do it. It's not in my business, right? Um, I make it my business. The Libra in me makes it my business. And not only do does the Libra make it my business, uh, but I make I create a complete story of how this one thing affects so many other parts of our relationship, right? That's Libra. Uh, there is such a focus on the not just like the relationship itself of whom with whom ever you are in relationship or whatever you're in relationship there has there's this hyper focus on creating relationships between other points now this positively affects my life beautifully in I can't think of any place that it doesn't I because every uh, on the other side of the coin, of the sensation coin, I could go to the grocery store and I could walk by somebody who's looking for something. I see what they're looking for. You know, they're muttering or whatever. I see, I help them out. And that interaction can take me to a place of like, I positively uh, impacted this person's life. Look at the joy that I'm getting from that. Oh my God, that was being out and about is the most fun. Oh my God. When I'm at my job, when I'm at my my day job and I'm interacting with customers and answering questions, I I could just float. I could absolutely just float from happiness helping an individual find the bathroom, you know, <laughs> and and feeling their appreciation. And but even more than more fundamental than just feeling their appreciation, it's the rubbing up against somebody else. It's the interaction. Like it's so sensational. And that is Venus ruled Libra. Like, ooh, all these beautiful senses that I came into um, came into awareness of and fruition of, uh, you know, when I was in Taurus, of like, this feels good, this smells good. It be it gets we get to share that with other people, and we get to notice what they're sensing, and we get to create something together. Like it's the most orgasmic experience at its highest, you know, at its higher higher vibration. So it can be incredibly overwhelming um and overwhelmingly beautiful right it can be a lot libras can be a lot um on top of this look at your 7th house since libra rules the 7th house look uh i have south node in the 7th house and so i am consistently learning through experience hello patience through the experience, I am learning how, what does it need to be a fucking relationship? What doesn't need to, um, you know, what, what relationships are done? What styles of relationship are done? What vibes of relationship, uh, I'm, I'm tying up loose ends with in, and like sayonara, see ya never or next time. I don't care. Um, and and so for me specifically, and if you have a loaded Libra and a loaded seventh house for you too, 
Um, it's just this really intense experience of relationships holding the lion's share, the, the, the concept, the encapsulation, the context of relationship, holding the lion's share of your doingness, of your evolution in your life. Um, and so it's, it's really, really interesting. Uh, we're going to be moving into Libra South Node, Aries North Node, nodal trans uh nodal placements uh later on in the year in july right now we're south node scorpio north node taurus so we're all getting our value so let's like pay attention to that north node real quick we're paying attention to our value system we are understanding the body we're coming into a deeper understanding of the soma we're coming into a deeper understanding of the value how we value things how we value ourselves specifically, self-worth, self-value, um, and the things that are dying off <laughs> is fucking death. You know, Scorpio South Node, it's uh, the Scorpio Taurus, and I talk again a lot about this in the Tor Aries Taurus episode of the podcast, um, Taurus is all about living in the moment and Scorpio is all about what the fuck is the moment. <laughs> it's um, we are immortal, but we're also mortal, you know. The and each and and so we we experience that as humans. We experience that mostly through death, and especially in the last you know year and a half, year plus, almost year and a half. We've been dealing through a lot of, we've been dealing with a lot of death, a lot of death of reality, a lot of death of like, oh, I thought that was the end. Oh, it's not. Like, have you noticed how many people are doing psychedelics and they are all having these, these aha moments of like, oh, death isn't the fucking end. What I thought of death as real is not real. That's a construct. So what is mortality? And so just a lot of this focus and attentioning, uh, attentioning, there's a word, that's a choice, uh, focus and attention on what is truly life, what is truly death, and uh, grief and pleasure, all in the same ball of wax. So moving the dial forward, or rather because of the nodes, because they are nodes backward, we're going to moving that, be moving that forward, um, you know, momentum, you know, the, the forward movement, rather, from Taurus into Aries. So from getting, getting real with our bodies, getting real with our uh, um, value system. What do I want more of in my life? Duh. And we're going to then triangulate that into Aries of okay what is how do I identify with that so I'm being informed I was informed by my values what does that mean about me what kind of space do I get to take up then now that I have all of this information I find it endlessly fascinating that the nodes move backwards through the signs and so it's just like being in the point of Aries yes it's a huge new beginning point uh but also, because we moved reverse, 
we are kind of at the end. We're at the beginning and the end. We're in Aries. This when we transit into North Node in Aries in July for a year and a half, we're going to be at this beginning point of getting to do it all over again, having been informed by the last 11 signs. So it's really weird and trippy and cool and and the mechanism of it, I just incredibly, it's I respect it as natural law. It's so incredible. So the south node is going to be moving from Scorpio into Libra. So we've got all like this this death and death of death and um, a, a re because of that, because we grapple with life and death, we're grappling with the seed and seat of our power. Okay, that's power structure, Scorpio. That moves into Libra, context of relationship. So right now and since January of 2022, we've been informed, we've been doing all the work, all the work of power struggle, of power struggle, of power struggle. And, and I say struggle because it is the South Node. It's the what, what stories of power and power struggle am I letting go of? Am I choosing to finish up and let go of because I don't vibe with them anymore? And we shift that focus into the structure of how we show up in relationship. Holy shit. Can you say uh, codependent? <laughs> the everybody will be focusing on codependency. And I say this to people specifically who have Pluto in Libra. I'm one of you. We are here, this, this, mini, um, this mini generation that Pluto creates. Pluto and Libra, folks, we are here. One of our fundamental uh, tasks is to, re, is to evolve relationship. Duh. Pluto in, in Libra via the specifics of that transmuting codependency well fuck that's not fun is it <laughs> so so i predict that and i don't predict much but i predict this because we're already starting i'm already starting to see it and hear it the way that people like last year especially early parts of last year myself included started talking about the nervous system, started talking about breath work, started talking about, um, you know, just more more like literally somatically based trauma. Like we've got a series, you know, super, super successful series like uh, Ted Lasso and Shrinking on Apple TV using like talking about the body keeps the score and inherited trauma and ancestral trauma like it's our it's in our entertainment now we have been in nervous system work and all of that it is so we are so hyper focused on hello Taurus north node on this work that is what is going to be that that focus is going to be shifting i predict to codependency that's a hyper specific um and obviously there's an ecosystem there Co uh, codependency does not live in a vacuum 
So we're just going to really start seeing all of the ways that relationship isn't Libra South Node. What re- what we thought relationship was, and we're going to be sh- seeing what, just like we got shown, we entered into Scorpio South Node time. We thought death was a certain thing, and we thought the end meant a certain thing very, very rigidly, and we got shown, because we got to practice grief nonstop, some of us, in many ways, um, grieving the loss of, grieving the ending of, through that mechanism, the practicing of grief, we got to let go of a lot of the things that were limiting us because we thought death was the end or it was a certain thing or we thought, you know, the the death of a relationship, that that was de- definitely going to be the end. It's like, no, we can look how much more and, and look how much death makes us appreciate life and look how it focuses us on the here and now. Very Scorpio Taurus. So this whole death of codependency, guys, this is there's no ending to to evolving relationships. I.e., the death of codependency isn't a specific time and place. But we can say that Libra South Node, Aries North Node time, i.e., July 2023 to January 2025, it's going to be, like I I say, Taurus Scorpio, this last transit, it was the death of death. This is going to be the this one coming up, death of codependency. So get ready to be um, confronted with all of the places that that outmoded, because codependency keeps us alive has kept us alive, okay? Codependency is not the devil. There, there's no such thing as a devil. But codependency isn't like the wrong and everything else is the right. It's simply a mechanism that we've healed out of, okay? We don't need it anymore. Um, people didn't know what the fuck codependency was uh, in the 40s and the 50s. And... You know, for those of us who are elder millennials and Gen Xers especially, we were all raised codependently and never understood that that was codependency, that that wasn't just normal, that that wasn't just healthy. And so we don't, especially those of us in, because um, Pluto in Libra generation is the last half of, or it's the last like six or seven, eight years of Gen X and like the first two to three years of millennials. And so we're all doing, I'm going to toot our own horns right here. We're all doing double duty. It feels like everybody does the same amount of work. Nobody's deserving of more appreciation than another, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we are, we cause, because we straddle this, we're doing double duty. We were raised by people, for the most part, who, who don't even know what the fuck codependency is. It's just the way that they were raised, and they were raised, and they were raised, and that kind of thing. And we're doing, we're having the ramifications of that, and we're waking up out to realize, like, oh, fuck, that was, that's what that was. So it's this 
it's this really heavy duty practice, like daily relationship practice, all these Pluto and Libra folks that we get to do of just identifying and choosing, okay, am I going to continue with this? Am I, do I have the capacity to transmute this and maybe make a different choice? Yeah, I have the capacity. Okay, well, let's, let's go fucking listen to Brene Brown and cry and get confused and then get a little bit more clear and then get more confused and then get more clear and then, you know, get a greater uh, ability and a strength to identify and boundaries and all that. And then sometimes we're like, do we have the capacity? No, we don't have the capacity. Okay, well, we'll just, we'll check in later. Check, well, this is our our soul self saying, okay, well, you don't have the capacity now. We're going to bring this back to you in a few months, a few years, a decade. And we'll check back in and see if you have the capacity to transmute this, learn these lessons then. Okay, great. So that is Libra. <laughs> um, and so Libra moving into Scorpio. So Libra is cardinal, ushers in the season, ushers in our experience of relationship, ushers in our total experience of externalized and objective evolution, um, air sign, ruled by Venus. Uh, we move into the fixed water sign of Scorpio, okay? Fixed water sign of Scorpio. The last time we were in a fixed sign, it was Leo. The last time we were in a water sign, it was Cancer. So we have now entered the third fixed sign of the three of four of the Zodiac and the second water sign, okay? The second of three water signs in the Zodiac. And fixed water Scorpio is ruled, I mentioned this before, traditionally by Mars, modern and evolutionary astrology, Pluto, okay? And so the water of Scorpio, I like to say, is amniotic fluid, whereas the water of Cancer is like this clear well, and the water of uh, um, Pisces is mist. No fucking boundaries. Um, the the water of Scorpio is like is the is amniotic fluid. It's like the Mariana Trench. Um, it's fixed. There is no ushering in. There is no ushering out. There is simply the experience of being. That is the work of Scorpio, is to be in the water, okay? And so we get so deep. What This water is so deep and so hidden. Think of amniotic fluid. It's experienced, but it's, but it's not seen. You know, it's not seen from the outside. It's not even seen by the person, <laughs> you know, by the person who is carrying the amniotic fluid, right? It's all happening hidden in a hidden place. And Scorpio archetypally and evolutionarily is where we have experienced the concept of relationship for the very first time. We have experienced that there is an outer world, 
holy shit, there's an outer world. Oh my God. And we almost immediately go back inward. We have to go back inward and do the work of what knowing that an outer world exists, just the knowledge of that creates work for us, creates evolution that is to be done. Scorpio is, Scorpio's job, if, if Libra's job is, is relationship and to relate, Scorpio's job is to evolve. And we are so fucking, um, hmm, we are so programmed with the concept of evolution being a visible concept, a visible practice. Like we're, people are, we are obsessed, especially as Americans, with, with change happening in front of us. We are obsessed with makeovers. We are obsessed with, um, with watching the seasons on a, you know, on a, that's, that's not bad or it's not harmful. But we are obsessed with people, transfor- transformational stories in front of us, okay? And so viewing and experiencing Scorpio as the encapsulation of change and evolution, but in near silence, in near absolute darkness, that can be foreign to us that can feel foreign to us it does to me it absolutely does to me um but it is it is a sign in which we have received all of that information about relationship in libra and we have to go back in and do the work of like okay well who am i but who am i what is my power Now that I know that relationships exist, now that I know that I'm in a complete, we're not in Kansas anymore. I'm in a completely different half of the zodiacal wheel. I am out in the world. What, there is now a new concept of capital P power. Because in the inside, on in, um, subjective evolution the bottom half of the wheel when it's just me and me I can rattle around this room all by myself I have no I have nothing to show me that I am not the most powerful one there I shit I created all this and then suddenly in Libra somebody else walks into the room and kind of the the glow of getting to fuck with somebody and getting to to relate to somebody and all that beautiful, sexy, you know, relationship stuff, the glow wears off and the the awareness starts to spring up of like, wait, what's my power? What is my power now? Where, what's, what place do I take up here? And that's where I really, Mars is a fantastic, I, I see not that, you know, natural law needs my approval. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. I see now why I get why Mars is a ruler of Scorpio because it's that that presence of like okay what's my power what's my not just my identity but what's my power in my identity what do I get to exert but it's a very internal experience of that and um Scorpio is the Scorpio rules the eighth house Scorpio eighth house 
Pluto, Mars, sex and death. We get that a lot in like pop culture astrology. It's the sign of sex and death because our job to find to to find out the kind of the seed structure of evolution, find out the most powerful force in us, uh, find out our own personal power secondarily, we come to discover that it is evolution itself. It is change and transformation itself. And all in the same kind of ball of wax, knowing that survive, being able to survive transformation is an empirical experience of our own power because when we are able to transform ourselves, when we are able to allow ourselves to be transformed, we bear witness to our own immortality. We rub shoulders with our immortal selves with our godness, okay? I, was it last Scorpio? No, it wasn't last Scorpio. Maybe it was last Scorpio season. Last Scorpio season or the Scorpio season before that. I, the big aha for me was, it's not death. It was two Scorpio seasons ago. It's not death that, it, uh, in the power and the intensity of Scorpio season isn't the confrontation of death. It is the confrontation that death does not exist as I knew it. It's the confrontation of my own immortality. And that's fucking mind-blowing. It's a lot, which is why transformation and evolution and death and sex, like the inner parts of sex, all happen in the hidden places. And so as an embo- as people who embody Scorpio, people with a lot of Scorpionic placements, people with stuff in the eighth house, um, people with uh, specific like Pluto, Plutonian, and Mars uh, placements. Um, again, speaking from I, my Venus is in the eighth house in the sign of Aquarius. I also have a Jupiter in a Jupiter. There's just one. I have Jupiter in Scorpio in my fifth house. And, and these are, and we've already talked about my Pluto. But these are my, these are like, I call these like my scorpionic placements. I identify, I self-identify these as my scorpionic placements, especially Venus in the eighth house. Or if you have a Venus in Scorpio, the concept of vulnerability, the practice of vulnerability, there are so many blind spots to this. I used to think that it was all me being a cancer rising that I, you know, I, uh, that v- fucking vulnerability. And I think I'm just going to call it fucking vulnerability uh, from now on. It's not vulnerability. It's fucking vulnerability. <laughs> um, 
I used to think that that was all because of my cancer rising and like a few other things. It's as much, I'm coming into realization that it is as much because Pluto has been transiting my seventh house. We just talked about seventh house placements and Pluto's coming into my eighth house. Um, it, it is so much, maybe more about my eighth house Venus because Scorpio, because of the hidden nature, because of the the protectiveness that needs to be because of the subject matter, like we're dealing with where we touch divinity, where the human touches divinity, sex and death, where we experience a trans, our, our, our greatest power, arguably, our greatest power of transformation and transmutation. Look, I can turn from one in from from one thing into another and I don't die. What the fuck? That's our greatest power. And 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 because of that, there's this this power um uh like polarity where your greatest power is there's or where where there's a a a, a force there is going to be an equal force moving the op- moving the other direction, right? Those, that's physics. So we've got this experience of this incredible force of power in Scorpio. And therefore, there's going to be an equal to or greater than force of protecting that power, of, 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 of keeping it to ourselves. Not in a, I would argue, not in a greedy way. I don't want them to have the power, but it's it's not even that. It is I don't want them to have the power because I don't want to be destroyed. You know, it is very very primal. It is yes, it is is God, but it's also very very primal. And interestingly enough, the following sign Sagittarius, which we'll talk about next week, is is an embodiment. The archetype is an embodiment of like that animal and um quote unquote try the hierarchy and all that patriarchy hierarchy but the it's that combination of the animal and the wise person right so i think we're we're getting a we're getting that vibe down here in the depths in scorpio of like oh, i i can't yes in libra i just experienced that I could split off into, because of relationship, I can split off into more things than one, and that's mind-boggling. So I'm bringing it back inside so that I can be transformed by this reality. I can allow myself to be transformed and transmuted, and I can learn the art and the practice of transmutation and alchemy and magic. That just because I'm delivered one thing doesn't mean that I have to, it has to stay that way. I have the power to transmute. And then that will, which we'll talk about next week, that informs this whole other experience of Sagittarius, of taking that transmutative power, taking that, that core seed power out into the world and seeing what happens. But in Scorpio, that's not our job. It's fixed water. We're staying here. We're staying here and we're being, we're, we're just continuing to allow ourselves to evolve 
and focusing on the experience of evolution. So Scorpio can be very, um, very sex obsessed because, so I've, I've given myself away in my, my verbiage a lot today because I've given my Venus in, in the eighth house away because like you can't, once you come, like this whole relationship between Libra and Scorpio and the, and the evolution that happens from Lib- Libra into Scorpio and specifically in Scorpio, you look everywhere and you can't see anything but sex. You see how everything is in relationship in Libra and then you see how everything is changed as a result of that relationship in Scorpio. And so it's like no wonder Scorpios get the you know, the the horoscope and and Cosmo, Cosmo uh, headline of like being having trust issues. And honestly, uh, my nothing shows me that better than my Scorpio rising daughter. And because I'm I'm a cancer rising, I'm I have a, a shit ton of Libra placements. I have a son in Aries. It's like, yes, trust. And like all of my Pisces placements are like, oh, unconditional love. Oh, yeah. Optimism, the innocent, you know, trusting. Oh, relationship. Yeah. If trusting you means that I get to be in relationship with you. Oh, yeah. Let's do it, Libra. Um, My daughter is, is Scorpio rising and a Capricorn. It, doesn't, it gets really uh, intensified with her Capricorn son of like, um, no. <laughs> uh no you got to prove it to me you got to prove it to me and I've got to prove you my power and and so she's been absolutely fundamentally instrumental in me um coming to terms with my own Scorpio coming to terms with my own eighth house placements and by mean coming to terms I don't mean settling for them or tolerating them or even accepting them. I mean, embodying them fully, fully embodied, try attempting to fully embody these things. Um, and the magic of, of, of Scorpio is they transform everything they touch. That's why they're so goddamn intense. That's why they are so intense is because you come into contact with somebody with with some strong Scorpio placements, eighth house placements, strong Plutonian vibe, you know, Pluto rules their, uh, you know, their chart, all of that, you are changed. And that makes you feel vulnerable. That makes you feel exposed. So a lot of times being in relationship with somebody with all of this going on, it's going to make they're, they have the ability to project their own fears of, or their own, you know, work with, their dance with, insecurity around um, being exposed, being known. Um, they're going to project that into the relationship. They're going to project that onto the person with whom they're in relationship. And um, and so it, it's it's going to be a theme. It's going to be a theme because they're supposed to change. Uh, p- people and things that they come into, into which they come into contact, um, they it's like death moving through. Nobody gets out alive and nobody, but more specifically, 
for the living, nobody touches death or is touched by death and is left unchanged because death isn't, here's, here's the big aha for me anyway, death is not the end Death is death is not powerful because it's this harbing harbinger harbinger of the end of something. No. It's the end of whatever is now. And there and another word that we have for that is change. Okay? So Scorpio, Pluto, change, evolution, transition, etc. Why is, okay, let's talk about the relationship a little bit between Pluto and Mars. So this is how I describe, um, this is how I describe that relationship, uh, especially when I'm describing Scorpio, is the soul's primary only objective is to transform and be transformed. It's to evolve, okay? And... That is encapsulated or embodied by the planet of Pluto. And Pluto is the embodiment of the, for lack of a better term, embodiment of the soul. And, but it's the, it's the experience of the limitlessness of the soul. It is the, it is our experience of the far awayness of the other, of like the capital O other, of like, Oh, I'm not just a body. I'm also a higher self. I'm also a soul self. However, you want to verbalize that. Well, there's there. Uh, Pluto has a relationship with Mars. Mars as the actualizing and like self-identifying force of the zodiac is able to take cues from Pluto, and depending on the angular relationship uh, between your Pluto and your Mars, that'll that'll take on a bunch of different characteristics on how that goes down. The soul is able to communicate to, as I call it, boots on the ground, Mars. Okay, go do that. Go do that. That's going to, that is going to, that's, if you move in that direction, that's going to give me what I want. And our primary purpose is to fulfill the desires of the soul. Okay, and so our Plutonian, our Scorpionic experience is, it's a very deep and intense one. Actually, it's not very deep. It's the deepest. It's the deepest and most intense experience that we have in this life because it's where our soul makes its desires known. And nothing, ain't nothing getting away from the soul's desires. It's like the tractor beam in in Star Wars. You know, you're just, you're not getting out. You're not getting out. So it feels to our human, and especially for our our mind-led human, like, oh, but this is the better idea. You know, this is so, this is what I've been programmed to believe is the better idea of what I should do. Um, The soul, it's got to be, it's got to be loud. It's got to be intense. And it's that that thing that you just can't get away from, um, that you're not supposed to get away from because it wants to, all, all we're here to do, it brings us back to that place of remembering, all we're really here to do is to uh, fulfill our soul's desires and to listen to that. Um, 
I'm going to read something. If we want the rewards of being loved, we have to submit to the mortifying ordeal of being known. That's, that is Scorpio, 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 in a nutshell. The mortifying ordeal of being known, of being seen, of being, and that's another word for that is vulnerable, okay? So I love that Libra, that we had Libra and Scorpio all in the same um, episode because you can see how there's just this incredible um, dichotomy of the joy of of being in relationship and then that informs us into a place of the mortifying ordeal of being known so there we are libra and scorpio where do these signs show up in your chart uh what is your relationship between your venus and your pluto Um, As I record this, uh, Venus and Pluto are going to come into a square this week. So if you're listening to this the week that it comes out, um, you'll you'll be you'll be consciously or unconsciously be experiencing a little bit of this vibe, um, this relationship between the sign of relationships and the sign of power and evolution and change. So that is it for today thank you as always for listening thank you for sharing um sharing the show thank you for um telling your friends for those of you who are on my patreon thank you so much for uh supporting the show you can get bonus episodes every week if you uh, subscribe to the five dollar a month tier on my patreon um every week we do bonus episodes specific to the transits of that week and um and i love them and i love everybody on the patreon and i love you and i hope you have a beautiful week ahead of you and as always thank you for being here Each episode of Astrology and Stuff is written, recorded, edited, and mixed by me, Sampriti Ireland. The music you hear is an original work by Angel Wing. Thank you for being here.